swim here. While sports fishing off the Florida coast, a tourist capsized his boat. He could swim, but his fear of alligators kept him clean to the overturned craft. Spotting an old beachcomber standing on the shore, the tourist shouted, Are there any gators around here? Gnaw, the men hollered back. They ain't been around for years. Feeling safe, the tourist started swimming leisurely toward the shore. About halfway there, he asked the guy, How'd you get rid of the gators? He said, We didn't do nothing, the beachcomber said. The sharks got them. It's good to know where you're at. And that goes along with what we're teaching, the sower and the word. And what we want to recognize this evening in our teaching as we continue, we're going to spend many weeks on this. Uh, we'll probably go through uh, November and uh, finish with this. And then, of course, on December, we have the month where we won't gather on Sunday evening. But... What we want to see today is the sower's word had purpose, and we know by last week the sower was God. He sowed seed, and that seed would produce. And now, because we're created in his image, we are sowers also. So the sower's word had purpose and is settled. In... Uh, John chapter 14, before we go back to Mark 4, let me read this. Most assuredly, verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, we're going to talk now about basically, I guess you could call it the age-old question or the frustration of life because I know that everyone in here, because I've been there too, have prayed and I didn't see happen what I thought would happen. Ever been there? Okay. So the question is, how many of you want to be more effective in your life, okay? You want to be more effective in what you say, what you do. I don't like praying and not getting an answer. When that happens with me, I spend sometimes hours diving in the Word of God and finding out not what's wrong with God, because there's nothing wrong with God, but what's wrong with my thinking? And maybe there's something that I did not see, something that I did not recognize. So did you know Jesus never intended for you and me to pray a prayer that wasn't answered? Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those 
who ask him. Again, Jesus, Jesus never said in his life after a prayer, I wonder if God's out there. When he was on this earth, he never asked, I wonder if God's out there. Matter of fact, it's not uh, in, in my notes, but the Holy Spirit is just leading me to this. Remember when he was talking to the disciples, spent time with them in private, and the Bible says that he talked to them and gave them scripture. And in the process of that, when they went somewhere, something happened, they flipped out. And after they flipped out, he went to them. He said, how come you didn't have faith? Because he knew if he planted the word of God, that faith would exist. Because the word produces faith. And so that's what he questioned. So it wasn't that Jesus was asking, how come it didn't work? What he was asking is how come you don't have faith because this is the way God said it in the kingdom of God, is when the word of God is professed out of our mouth, faith rises up, okay? So let's just hear that, and now let's go on. Because of this, either Jesus was confused or some religious people are confused. Now, how many of you in that question, if Jesus was confused or religious people were confused, who was confused? The religious people. Why? Because God is perfect. So regardless of what anybody else says, Jesus knew what he was talking about. So to some, it seems too good to be true when you read scripture and it says things that are just amazing truths of God's heart, what he wants to do. So it has to be true because Jesus, God said it. The word of God, God said it. It's true because we're going to read in a little bit, God's not a liar. So once God says or establishes something as truth, it will always be truth and it never changes because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Romans 4, 17, it says, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So what here, God changes things and calls it something that it's not. In other words, the power of God is so powerful that all he has to do is speak his word and things change. Now, some of you are thinking, <clears throat> well, but I'm not God. All right, keep with me as we teach this. We're going to get to the uh, conclusion and, let me say this, the solution. Remember, God called Abram, Abraham, which meant father of a multitude. After God called him that, he still didn't have any kids. Okay? So we need to understand is that God called him that, but it took years for that to manifest. Because God called him that, he was going to have kids. Church, once the word of God becomes preeminent and we align ourselves as a church with his word, it will come to pass. 
you can't make it come to pass. You can't coerce God to do it earlier. You call it as God called it and believe and trust. Now, you and I have experienced many things in life that we've called it and it didn't happen. So what's wrong? God must be changing his mind. No, he's not changing his mind. So in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to learn this. And let me just tell you this. Um, a tendency when you hear something that maybe it's something you've experienced on both ends. Many of us have prayed and we've seen the answer. And things have happened. So what's the deal? What's going on? That's, the again, the age-old question. What goes on? And so what is God's part? He already planted seed. He's the initial sower. So then we have to find out that now we have a part because we're creating his image and likeness. Now we become sowers. How do you sow? What is going on in your heart when you're sowing? Okay? And, of course, we're not talking about needle and thread. We're talking about the Word of God or what God said. So that's what this series is all about, and we're going to cut through the religious junk. We're going to talk about stuff that all of us have thought, that maybe all of us have heard. We've driven down the road, and we turned on the Christian radio, and someone said something, and it's not really the Word of God, but it made sense to us. And so we're thinking about it, and basically what we need to understand is that we do have experiences, bad and good. We do have all these things that we face in life, but there's something that we need to zero in on in our life, in our families, in everything that we do. We need to zero in on it. What did God say? Not, hear, hear me, because we're going to talk about this, not what God meant, but what did God say? See, religious people want to discuss what did God mean by what he said. Have you ever had a discussion with anybody, maybe a family member, a brother or sister, and, and you said something and they go, what do you mean by that? Well, what do you mean? I'm, what do I mean by that? It's what I said. It's what I meant, <laughs> right? All right? So religious people want to make the word to be like their world. Make it like what they see and what they have experienced. Jesus said this about that. No, no, no. We must take the word and make our world look like the word. So the interpretation of our experiences must be by the word. People judge the word by their experience instead of judging our experience by the word. See, if you judge the word by your experience, in many cases through emotions, you will go with the experience. 
and then you will begin to dictate to anybody or your own life what did God mean by what he said. But if you take every experience you've ever experienced and went to the word and judged your experience by the word, you would say, this is not God's will because that's not what he said. This is God's will. You will begin to experience uh, a lifestyle of kingdom reality when you will say, I know that that's not God's heart. That's um, a lot of things that I say in, in a certain way to many people. The Word of God shows you God's heart and the way He thinks. And so you need to match up your experience with the Word of God. And from there, what it does, family, what it does is it, it transforms your emotions to be God emotions that draws you closer to him. Did you know that, and I'm going to say this, that God stinking loves you? He really does. I had one person a couple years ago say, well, you can't say stinking. Why not? Why not? I'm, I'm saying God really loves you. It's just the aroma is just huge that God loves you. And for us to think that God is a liar and to think what's happened in my life or your life that is the will of the Lord when he says no in Scripture, this is not my will, then what's happening is we're battling against spirit and flesh. Spirit and soul, mind, will, and emotions. So in Mark 4, again, speaks of the sower and the word, and it speaks of producing the harvest of truth or the word seed. In Mark 4, verse 13, again, let's read it. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the, by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. Last week we talked about this and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises and we learn tribulation or people problems arise for the word's sake, remember the word's sake, sometimes I create problems for myself because I do not live or I do not act or respond based on the Word of God through the years. Now, I'm getting a little bit better with that. And uh, so it takes a while before I respond unscriptural. But how many of you who've known the Lord a while can relate with me and say, oops, me too? Yeah, okay. So immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground 
Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. Now, as we have talked about this, notice again, verse 13, Jesus says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? Everything in life is about sowing, sowing and reaping. We're going to get into later on about, about these many pages. <laughs> we go through about 11 to 13 every week. But we're going to get into it about the harvest or sowing and reaping. What does it mean to reap? And, uh, you know, planting and reaping and sowing and, you know, like a farm. But there's a greater understanding in the kingdom of God regarding this. So, verse 13 says, if you get a hold of this, understand this one parable of sowing, you will understand all others. You will understand every situation you face. Because that's what parables were. That parables, parables were Jesus explaining something in kind of the day's language. There's a farmer, there's there's a person tending sheep, you know, all the different things. And he gives stories, and it relates to real life. So what Jesus is saying here is what really relates to your life and every area of your life, whether good or bad, it's about sowing and reaping. But if you miss this and do not understand this parable, this teaching or principle, you cannot understand all others. You will be frustrated in life. You will wonder why God did this, why God allowed this. The sower and the word is how God's system of his word works in the kingdom. So we know the most powerful tool we have is the word of God. And so the sower who sows the word, that's the principle of the kingdom of God, how the word of God works in your life and in mine. So... It is like those who come over to the United States and want to get their driver's license. If you don't know the laws, regulations of driving, you will have problems driving. Have some of you from other countries, if you came, I'm looking, well, basically you're from here. But the, the reality, you know people who are from other countries and they drive. My, my wife always cracks up where we live. We live in Roland Heights. And it's basically Asian community. And we love the Asian community. Matter of fact, we love all communities. We, we just, it's just awesome. I love it, you know, out here with all the different uh, nationalities and everything. But in Asian community, I've, I've traveled internationally. And I've gone to the Philippines and Cambodia and stuff. And so when I drive in the Roland Heights, I know why they drive the way they do, okay? You know, matter of fact, that's why everyone is telling them from other cars how special they are by saluting them as they drive. So those who don't know the system is wondering why, here it is, they're wondering why they're driving down the road and, and someone beeps at them or says, get in your own lane or whatever, <laughs> Because they don't know the system, they're wondering why Americans are so angry. 
why they have bad attitudes. And there's something wrong with them. No, you're breaking the law. You're not driving correctly. You're cutting me off all the time. You know, in, in the Philippines, if you have five feet of room, you go. And everyone has to slam on their brakes. One guy asked me, uh, Pastor Gary, I did a conference out there, and uh, it was a week-long conference, and, and the guy asked me, you want to drive? And this was my statement, like within a split second, heck no. No way, because it, it's crazy. So here it is. You need to go to school and learn the laws and how to drive. The problem in Roland Heights, Asians are teaching the Asians how to drive. So anyways, let's go on. So if you're going to function in the kingdom of God at any level, you must understand the principles and how the system in God's plan works. That's where our frustration comes from. Sometimes we just don't know how it works. And we ask the question, God, why? I prayed, I did this, why? Well, stick with me in this series, and we're going to show you the kingdom principles. So, verse 14, the sower sows the word. God sows his word with purpose. See, the word of God is not just, oh, God, you said, oh, God, please, please, whatever you want to do. No, he sowed his word with purpose. So there's a reason why you pray. There's something that you pray, and it's according to the word of God. On the other hand, we say so many words, never intending them to come to pass. How many times have you seen someone pray for someone or pray for the sick? I tell the elders a lot, um, you know, and, and most of them, they pray this way, is, you know, use few words. Just quote scripture. Don't pray, you know, God, we know you from, from the beginning, and, and you are such a wonderful, great God. All that's true. But get to the point. Get to the purpose of what you're praying for. Amen. My wife and I, we, we sit and we pray for our meal. You know, I don't pray for all the missionaries. That's another time that I pray. You know, and, and you know, I mean, if the Holy Spirit leads you and you're sitting with a bunch of missionaries, then pray for the missionaries. There's purpose. I've sat with a bunch of missionaries. I prayed for them and then prayed for the food. But get to the purpose of what you're doing, especially if you're sitting down and one of your siblings or family members are ill. Thank the Lord for the food and for his provision. And then say, Father, you said you'd bless our bread and water, remove sickness and disease from amongst us. And I proclaim that over my brother or over my sister. Have purpose in your prayer. Proverbs 10, 19 says this. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. <laughs> James 1.19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. See, God thinks through what he's going to say. And when he says it, it's on purpose. I've learned that. I've, I've really at times, because... In my anointing and call, 
I'm, I'm called to be pastor teacher, but I function a lot in the prophetic. And so there are things that come to my spirit, and it's not something I'm to say. But the Holy Spirit's always talking, and I'm always trying to listen. And so at times I'll be talking. I, I met with someone today right after church for lunch, and young man, and, and uh, he was making some career decisions and wanted to talk to me, so I drove out and, and uh, out Chino area and, and met with him at Olive Garden, and we were sitting there. And we were talking, and as we were talking, um, I said something about, you know, it may be five years from now. And he stopped me and said, Pastor, he said, he said, in all the times that I've been with you, you have probably said to that, that to me about five or six times, five years. And I told him, I said, really? I don't remember saying that. But I, I told him, I said, but I want you to know there's purpose in the words that I say. And sometimes I'm prophesying to people and I, I don't really realize I'm prophesying. You know, because in religious circles, it's like, thus saith the Lord, God is trying to bring to you. Please rise up and hear me and blah, 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 blah. You know, by then, and I was going, ah, you know. And, and so I'm just talking, but because I function in that gifting, prophecy comes out of me. But because there's, there's, there's a function of purpose of talking with someone. And with that, I'm not only just planting the word of God, but then the word of God uh, that's risen up in me, the Holy Spirit uses and speaks through me with words. And I said, I said, brother, I said, then maybe you need to really sit down and maybe God's got a five-year plan for you regarding your career and possible change. And so don't allow situations of life, boss, or anything to change. But maybe what God is doing, and I said this like I said it this morning. I said, you know, because he was out serving in the area outside in the courtyard this morning. It was his time. And I said, what I said this morning is, is, is sometimes we have to get to a place of realizing that it's not the correct time. It's a timing issue. And so if it's a timing issue, then there's a process of going, God's wanting to teach you something before you do it. Because when Jesus was on this earth, only one time, when he prayed for only one time, that he did without teaching. And that was when he was on the cross. And he said something to the thief, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. But every other time, Jesus taught first, gave the word of God that produces faith to, so they could receive what, what God's plan and purpose was. So there's always purpose. That's why, again, he said, why don't you guys have faith? I just taught the word to you. Okay, purpose. So keep that, you know, in the, in the south or even where I live in Michigan. This is a statement. Keep that in your craw, Okay. Just stuff that away in your craw. God thinks through what he's going to say, and when he says it, it's on purpose. And the sower sows the word. A farmer doesn't accidentally plant seed. He knows what he's planting. Hmm, wonder what this is. Hmm, wonder if that's going to grow. 
No, that's, but that's how some people pray. Maybe this will work. When God says something, he expects it to come to pass. Isaiah 55, 11 is a famous scripture. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. It will prosper. Every one of us have gone through trials and tribulations. Every one of us has gone through attacks of the enemy. Every one of us has suffered loss. Every one of us has faced these things. But it doesn't change the fact of the sower sows the word. That is always the kingdom principle. So let's go on. So it says here, so shall my word be. Something uh, is to manifest. When you sow the word, something will manifest. Sometimes when you sow the word, the enemy gets ticked off and attacks. And then sometimes religious people, they'll try it, the enemy attacks and they run. Then it says it goes forth from my mouth, that sowing. So it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And it, the word, shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I want to say that again. And it, the word of God, will prosper. Or it uses the word shall prosper. There's no doubt. So what was God talking about? It was verse 10, Isaiah 55, 10. For as the rain comes down, not very much in California, Southern California, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth a bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So the word of God will, if you sow the word of God, just like rain comes down, just like snow comes down, I lived in Michigan, so we knew certain time of the year snow's gonna come down. And what it does, what we say is it's great when we have a snowpack because it slowly melts and it waters deep into the ground and it causes the seed in the spring to bud. So there is, there is an automatic, the word came down from God and it's just like the water, the rain, and the snow so if we understand the kingdom principle that's going on from heaven, then we need to understand that it also works on this earth. And we need to realize it will prosper in the thing that it was sent to do. Amen. Keep that in your craw. Here you go. We're going to fill up our craw today. And then by the end of the, of the evening, we're going to be able to empty the craw in faith. So if you add t verse 10 and 11 together, may give seed to the sower and bread to be eaten, so shall my word be. The explanation, verse 10, when the rain comes and snow comes, it waters the earth and makes it bring forth a bud because why? It gives seed to the sower. It gives seed to you, the word of God. So shall my word be. The word works the same way in the kingdom of God as the rain does to the sowers. That's you, the sower. 
See, he's talking about as the, the rain comes down, the snow comes down, and it produces a bud, you are the one that he's produced. You are the sower. Now you become the seed by proclaiming the word of God. And when you proclaim the word of God, just as it does in heaven, we're going to read that scripture in a little bit, it will produce on this earth. God always expects that what he says will come to pass. Well, we look according to our experience again. And I believe you're faith people. I'm looking around, you're faith people. And experience this doesn't happen in my life. So a lot of times it's, well, that's an area that's just kind of, I need to find someone who's really got faith. In. No, 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 you so. You need to find a time in your life where you're sowing the word of God. You're reading scripture and you begin to proclaim it for your own life, even though all Hades is breaking loose. That's why Jesus is teaching the sower and the word. So uh, in the book of Numbers 23:19, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie. So let me say it this way. Men lie, nor a son of man that he should repent, meaning change his mind. The word repent means doing a 180 or changing your mind. God does not lie, and God does not change his mind. If God said it, that's what he means. Okay, add that to your craw. So here's a prevalent thought in our American culture. God will say something in his word, but then we think he will change his mind and decide not to do that. Why? Because I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. Farmers have planted early. Farmers have harvested late. And they paid for it. They did. But I want to tell you, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. And that's why I'm saying is the enemy tries to get you out of the word. He tries to draw you away from proclaiming the word of God because stuff has happened. That's why I love this church. There are so many of you, because I've been with you as long as I have, basically 30 years at this church. Some of you have beat me with that. But uh, 30 years in this church, and I've watched men and women of God who have faced the greatest tragedies and difficulties in life you rose up in faith. And I look out from this podium here and standing up there on the platform, and I look out, and I know I'm looking in the screen to the many that watch on the screen, and I just think, wow. I have an honor to be a part of this family because of your faith. And you need to, to realize that why I think that way is because the kingdom of God, the principle of the kingdom of sowing, and I've watched you sow. So God is not a man that he should lie. So let's finish Numbers 23, 19, the end of it. Has he said and will he not do, or has he spoken and will he not make it good? That's what I love about God. 
He makes it good. You ever know someone in your family, whatever? Hey, can I borrow $20? I'll make it good. And you're going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why um, they, they listen to me and watch me online and stuff. But uh, <laughs> that's why what I do with a lot of people, if I feel led to give money, I'll say, just have it. I don't lend it. You know, we, we, you know, the word talks about us lending to nations because we're so prosperous, and we do. But the reality is, is with me, um, I'm just, in giving, I've learned to be led by God instead of giving by emotion. And let me tell you, believe it or not, I'm an emotional guy. I'm sitting now, I don't know if it comes with age, but I'm sitting now watching movies. I know it's a movie. And I got tears going down. Don't you laugh, Richard, because you do the same thing. But anyways, <laughs> but, you know, anyways, we, we get to that place, you know, in life where, you know, when we're so passionate about the things of the Lord, we have God's heart. We feel it. So, well, I know God said it, but I don't know if this is his will for me. Really? If you say that, don't know if it's his will for me, then you stop being a sower because the whole word of God is for you. You sow the word of God. The story behind the prophet's statement is in this passage. King Balak, this is the story behind what I just read. Balak, King Balak is trying to get Balaam to curse Israel. Balaam said, I cannot curse Israel. God has already blessed them, and he is not going to change his mind. That's the story behind Isaiah. <clears throat> so Balaam is saying, I can say anything I want, but God has already said so. Once God speaks a word, it is true. So that's what he was saying. If God said it, it's going to come to pass. But here's the kingdom principle. You are the sower. You must sow what, sow what God said. Tongue twister there. So let's look at one more. Psalm 119, verse 89. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. Okay, remember, the word of God, sowing, has purpose, and it is settled. What does settled mean? The answer of the word settled is forever. So forever, O Lord, your word is settled. So in essence, the word settled, they added the word forever because that's what the word uh, in the Hebrew meant. When God spoke his word, he had all generations of the world in his mind. When he spoke it to Israel, he was thinking about you. Yep, that's it. When he spoke uh, to someone in uh, 1000 AD, he was thinking about you too. Because what God has done He's not a respecter of persons. He says, what I'm asking you to do is to sow my word. As I created you, I created this earth, I created by speaking. God knew your struggles. He knew your persecution. He knew your people problems from last week. But notice verse 89, the end of the verse. Verse 89 at the end says, in heaven. 
the word is settled in heaven. One day when we go to heaven, we're going to realize there's no doubt in heaven. It's settled. It's not settled in the earth because we argue about it and we fight about it. We say God's a sovereign God. He will do what he wants. He already did what he wants as a sovereign God. He spoke his word. That's his will. Yes, he spoke it with purpose. So there is no argument in heaven asking if God will change his mind. But Jesus said something very important in Matthew 6.10. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what Jesus did? God himself spoke and said, as heaven is, I proclaim this word. He gives us his word, and it's to be settled on earth. And he gave you and me the responsibility, sowers. I didn't say sour, I said sowers. So it is God's will that all that is done in heaven has been do will be done on earth. So the word must be just as settled here as it is settled in heaven. People will say, no, I understand that because we're emotional. One day we get to go to heaven. We get to live on the new earth. How just how magnificent it must be to be in heaven. And that's what gives us peace because all of us have lost loved ones. But it's supposed to be the same way here on the earth. So if we don't watch it, we pervert the word seed on the earth. It must be settled in our heart in our world. So in this series, what we're going to learn is how do you settle the word of God, even though things are happening that's opposite of the word of God? You settle it by sowing the word, by sowing the truth. But pastor, I prayed and it didn't work. Again, as I've always said, all right, I don't think that's a problem because we're going to study this. That meant, I'm going to give you the answers to that later on. But I think the struggle is, is that we stop sowing. I'm remembering of uh, Pastor Ted Olbrook, who is the apostolic leader in Cambodia. And there are times through his stories and monthly reports that we get that he talks about how the rains came in and flooded rice. Yeah, rice can be flooded. And destroyed a crop. And that he wanted prayer so that there would be areas, because what he's done is through the whole nation, he's planted crops in different areas so that if there's a big storm on one side of the country, the other crop would produce, and they would be able to dole it out, be a Joseph, and dole it out to the whole nation. And that's part of what we do in, in supporting uh, the ministry, helping that. And, and so as he was talking about it, he would ask if people would just, as they sow seed, that they would sow the word of God over the seed. 
in the protection of the sea. And then you get reports like the next couple months, praise the Lord, we've gotten this many tons of rice and, and thank you for, you know, praying and, and different things. But stuff happens when you farm. I grew up, my backyard, behind my backyard was my friend's father's farm. You know, it was 200 acres of a farm and they had corn and all that. That was the day because we'd get corn and vegetables, all that for free because I was Marty's friend and Tom's friend. And, and so we, we get to that place that if a farmer gave up after losing one crop, then he's in trouble. Don't give up if you feel like you've lost. Okay? Don't give up. Don't let others and their religious stuff take the word from you. So the word is settled. It will not return void. And bottom line, it's a done deal. So let me conclude by reading this scripture, and then we're going to stand and pray. Matthew 24, verse 35 says this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Sowing the word is eternal, heaven and earth. Sowing the word. The principle of sowing and reaping is a lifestyle. But you have to sow first and protect that word by what you say, by what you think. If you pray and it doesn't happen in a day, but you dig it up by saying, well, I don't know if that's God's will now. But on Monday you said, the word of God says by Jesus' stripes I am healed, I am healed. I proclaim that word over my body. And the next day you're feeling worse. Well, maybe it wasn't God's will to heal me or a week or a month or a year. It doesn't change the fact of sowing and protecting the seed and reaping. Amen. It doesn't change it. God's love never changes. And he's given you and me the power to proclaim it. Let's all stand.